Welcome to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. This is Miguel. This is episode six. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, welcome. Uh, we talk about politics, religion, sexual orientation, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We focus about watches, but you know what? The people in the watch world are so crazy that it gets controversial, almost like those topics that I just mentioned. But before we move forward, I do have a special guest. I got P. Ross. P, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. What's going on? What's going on? What's good? You know, I, I, I promised you on air in, in one of our last episodes that you wanted to join me and talk about homage watches. And that's today's topic. Uh, very strongly against it. And I know you're for it. So I thought, hey, there's no other better person to do this episode with, but then with you. So uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Yes, sir. Uh, are, you, are you ready to do the damn thing? Let's do the damn thing. All right. Well, before we move forward, let me know what you are wearing on your wrist. Uh, I am wearing SEO G Shock, uh, model number DW fifty six hundred. Okay, you know what I mean. You went with the classic, the classic. Yeah. Now I, I I saw one of your videos, and I recommend people go watch it, and I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, you uh, and your daughter, I'm assuming, uh, yeah, put a G Shock. T- <laughs> to the test, you guys literally took a G-Shock and Absolutely. ran over it with a car. Is that correct? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> oh, man. And, and what happened to it? Hey, it's still it's still going, man. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely... I know the original video I saw was ran over with a semi. Ooh. But <laughs> but I, had, I got a Chevy Cruze and, you know, and it... It's still it's still working. No cracks, no dents, no nothing. That's you know, insane. So. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this watch that you ran over, it wasn't a brand new out of the box. It's been in your no. collection for yeah, yeah. I've had a it few for years. a few years. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the craziest thing because you yeah. would think the resin uh, over time kind of gets a little fragile, but right. I guess not. I mean, right. these Japanese people right. know what they're doing. Right. It, <laughs> it seemed like it actually hardened a little bit. Oh wow! You know what I mean? That's what it seemed like, but. You know, but it's it's all good, man. It's still running it. That's the damn awesome. thing. Yeah, honestly, if if everybody out there hasn't checked out a, a Casio or a G Shock, don't be afraid to. I know a lot of them do come in a bigger size, but you could get smaller ones. Uh, I know for women, it's kind of one of those things where they don't want to get the baby G because it says baby G on the on the actual watch, and it may, you know. Um, it may deter some people from from buying it. Right. Uh, I picked up my first G Shock GA one hundred, I think, and uh, it, it is a little big, but I I bought it kind of like on the internet. But I I love the way it looks. But they're coming out with so many new uh, models that I may want to pick one up in the future. But I may want to see it in the store first because oh, I yeah. don't have a huge risk. So right, right. But no, that's that's a very cool watch. And today. I'm wearing something that I haven't worn in a while. It's the Seiko, uh, aka Flighty or Flightmaster, the SNA four eleven. Um, this is one of the first watches that I picked up, and it was because of uh, YouTube, of course. Uh, TGB he hyped it up so much, and it's funny because when I picked it up, the rumor uh, around the world, the watch world, was that it was discontinued. So I was mm-hmm. kind of freaking out. I was kind of you know paranoid that I wanted to pick it up, and I thought it was going to become super expensive i didn't know much about watches so i ended up picking this one up uh pre-owned on ebay it was like 150 bucks or something Ooh, and, but it came nice. with box it came with papers and everything the only downfall of people when i and i knew this buying it um <clears throat> guy was very transparent about it the the pusher has screw down pushers so the top uh screw down pusher doesn't screw in it works and it, the, it's fully functional 100 percent, but it just doesn't screw and mm. and I didn't. I was like, you know what? Whatever. I could get over it, and I'll get it fixed. And I haven't. It's been two years or something, and I, I have not fixed it. But here's the problem. And I guess this is the reason I don't wear it so often is because I'm scared of the water resistance. Because I I do come across water every day, right? I wash my hands and whatnot, and I'm very paranoid. 
So that's why right. I don't wear this one. And I haven't really looked into a jeweler to take it in and, and um, get it fixed. Because now, after I bought it pre-owned, they sell them brand new. They're all over the place. They're in the sub $250. So I'm like, okay, I picked it up for like $150, $160. How much is this going to cost me to, to repair right. versus just getting like a new one? So I've been kind of on the fence where I'm like, oh, I just can't part ways with this one because it's been with me through some things. And I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm just really uh, in love with with this watch, but I don't know what to do about that pressure. But uh, have you ever right. had an opportunity to uh, check it out? What, the Flightmaster? Yeah. I've, I've looked into getting one. You know what I mean? Um, they actually, you got yours for $150. It actually went up in price a little bit. Probably around. Oh, wow. I've seen them uh, two thirty, something like. Oh that. wow! Well, you could pick. You know what I mean? So you could pick a brand new one up for that for that price. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no reason to buy it. Right. Use. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. No. The you know. the hype on this guy is definitely real. I know um, a lot of people. I don't want to say they were hating on it, but because the person that, that loves it so much is not somebody that a lot of people look up to in the community anymore right um right. that's why it kind of get a got a negative reputation just like the squally and some other watches but in my opinion to be honest with you this watch is a 42 millimeter but because mm-hmm. the lugs are so short it wears more like a 40 and mm. it just it's just so nice i mean if, if you love brightling like i do yeah you don't yeah. have the money for brightling like myself right I recommend picking this one up. It does have that nice rotating bezel. And the, one of the cool features about this watch is that that yellow hand for the chronograph. It just mm-hmm. stands out so much. Um, it, it's one of the features that really, really caught my eye. And, and it's just something about this watch. So if you ever have the opportunity, Pete, to pick one up, I, I really do recommend oh, yeah. it. I think you will love it. Honestly. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway, so today we are talking homage watches, and I know this is a controversial one. I've seen memes, you know, about I know Scottish watches. Uh, Ricky, uh, he on Instagram he put out a meme, basically saying, uh, you know, uh, watch knobs claiming that that uh, homage watches are near a replica watch. However, they're praising the new uh, Casio that looks like a Royal Oak. Um, right. So it's funny, you know, it's like I, I didn't even know that people considered people like myself snobs for not liking homage watches, I can assure you. And I think you know me uh, pretty well now to know that I'm not a snob. I just, just like anybody else, I, right. I like what I like. And, and that's the beauty about watches, right? That you can like what you like and there's no right, there's no wrong that's just the way it is, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, but I'll let you go first. Let me let me know your thoughts on homage watches. How you feel? I know you have a lot of watches in your collection, um, and yeah, you definitely have some pieces in there that resemble something else. So I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't have a problem with homage watches. Um, I think we had had a conversation before. About, I guess I think it was the Invicta Pro Diver and how it looks like a uh, Rolex Submariner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and how the person wearing it may think it's a Submariner, but it's really not. You know what I mean? Or someone walking by would get the impression that that's what they got on their wrist. Now, see me personally, I don't necessarily feel like that. Um, I feel like. Like how much, the price of a submariner is what upwards of what five thousand six thousand dollars something like uh, that probably a lot more well, if it's uh, new probably a lot more if you could get okay. your hands on well, it. Well, I'm, I'm saying on the, <laughs> on, yeah. the, on the used market. Oh you know, yeah, because no, if I like buy six, seven, it'd definitely be used for me if I get one. But oh, yeah, yeah, you know they're 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 up there, man. They're definitely yeah. you got you got to sell your car to to get right, one of those, right? Right, <laughs> or your liver, whatever. Right. So for me. It's more of a thing like, okay, I can wear an Invicta Pro Diver or uh, what would be another good uh, Submariner homage? Uh, well, I know uh, Harnins, Janault, yeah. Steinhardt. I mean, all yeah. these guys have. Something like that. more Less inexpensive. And you still kind of get the feel of what you like and what you see in the Submariner. Not that you're getting a Submariner, but you like the look, you like the aesthetic of it. You know what I mean? 
So I don't necessarily have a problem with homage watches. Um, and this this brings me to the, the, the fake watches, like the, the replica watches. You know what I mean? I mean, I would wear homage before I would wear a Rolex fake. You so what? what? I mean? So let me ask you something, I guess. Let's kind of, before we move move forward from that, what um, differentiates an homage watch from a replica watch aside from the actual logo of the company? I mean, most replica watches are made under crazy conditions. I mean, you know, you know, it's criminal one. You know what I mean? Um, some of the places these things are made is like, it's terrible, terrible conditions and people making um, black market shit. Uh, you're talking you know. replica watches. Right, replica. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you no, know you, what I mean? You, you, hit a, you hit a pretty good point. No, I, I, I guess, no, you're, you're right. You're 100% right on that. Because, um, yeah, the, these companies like Steinhardt and, and, of course, Invicta, I mean, they're legitimate companies. Right. They're not doing things in the black market. They're not right. using right. little kids to put in the crystals or whatever the exactly. illegal people do. Um, exactly. I guess I was more talking about the aesthetic because if you take, oh, uh, you know oh, what I mean. Well, yeah, well, a, a lot of times the replica watches, they don't have good movements. Um, they, they terrible quality. Let's keep it 100. Yeah, unless you, know, you spend a lot of money and get like one of the high-end ones. And then yeah, but we're see, talking I, a different story. Yeah, I, I've seen where you may get an a expensive Rolex replica for like maybe five hundred dollars. Yeah, but I would rather take that five hundred and buy something real. Of course, you know what 100%. I mean. So, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, the the movements are terrible. The 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 the, the stainless steel I, so on some of them I've seen don't even look. They don't look real period you know what i mean so i wouldn't suggest doing that like i homage watch like i'm i'm not a big homage watch guy i don't know i have a few homage watches i have a a, a j bracket uh homage to a, a rolex uh day just you know what i mean and this thing is beautiful you know what i mean yeah um, yeah, yeah so i don't i don't, for me personally i don't think that there's anything wrong with them. You know, if you're looking for something that you can afford versus something you can't afford and going to debt for, then, hey, you get a homage watch. You know what I mean? If you're looking for that aesthetic and that look. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would never suggest getting nothing for status or <laughs> nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Get what you can afford and don't kill yourself over it. No, I agree with you. Um, at least in in that regard uh, about status and all that. But that's that's one of the uh, negatives for me, to be honest. With right. you. And that's that's what's always kind of turned me off about homage watches. And right. I'm going to be honest. So when I first started collecting, uh, of course, I, I looked at the uh, Rolex as the the holy grail for me, and it was you know what I, I want a sub. I want to date just right. and I'll be set with that. And, and I still, I still think that way. Right. I still want one in the right. collection. But with that said, I was looking heavily into uh, Invicta. I remember that pro diver. I was close to buying it a few times, but something that kind of, I guess in, in, in my mind and in my heart stopped me from doing that was the fact that I felt like, okay, why exactly am I getting this? I, I know me. I'm not mm. getting this just for the aesthetic reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm getting this for the status symbol reasons because that's the way that I've always been in my life. I've always, right. um, I hate to say this, of course, but I've always been the type of guy that has to have something kind of flashy. I remember growing up, you know, my early 20s, I drove for many years a Honda S2000 and I fixed it up. I'm a car guy. So right. everywhere I went with, you know, top down and loud exhaust and big rims, people were always staring and always comparing my car to like, hey, is that because they didn't know the Honda S2000 very well. Right. They compared it to a BMW. They compared it to an exotic car. And that made me feel very well in my heart. But again, Honda S2000 is a very unique design and I wasn't copying anything from anybody else. But right. with that said, 
uh, I really wanted um, some mariners. So I was willing or to pick up um, uh, uh, the diver from the pro diver from uh, Invicta. And the problem that I have is with homage watches is just, just straight up homage. Not, not if it takes uh, cues from a watch. So like, I'll give you an example, the Timex cue, right? It right. almost resembles that GMT, but if you really look at it, it's completely different. If you look at both dials side by side, they don't look alike. They kind of resemble each other, but they don't look alike. Right. I'm okay with that. What I have a problem with is when people start, like I'm looking at a Steinhardt right now on, on their website. They matched everything to Rolex. I mean, the Mercedes hand, that red GMT hand, the Pepsi vessel, right. the crown. I mean, everything, every every little detail pretty much screams Rolex, but they just put the little Steinhardt logo. So uh, for me, it's like if you're wearing a homage watch for the wrong reasons, and that's when it's wrong. Like you said, you don't wear it for the status symbol. You right. wear it because you just like it. I don't have a problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is people wearing them to pretend to be something else. So right. speaking of cars, we could talk about the Chrysler 300 wanting to resemble Rolls Royce. And people, I've met several people. That's the, the Rolls-Royce Phantom, right? The Rolls-Royce Phantom, correct. Okay. So, yeah. of course, I, I get it. People don't have $500,000 in the bank to be buying a Rolls-Royce Phantom. So Chrysler came out with something very similar and it looked pretty pretty much identical. Um, now, now how, how much are the Chrysler 300s? I, 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 if I remember correctly, I think they, they might have been like sub 40,000. And of okay. course, with premium upgrades. So, I mean, they, they weren't by any means an inexpensive car. People could pick them. I mean, right. not everybody could pick them up, but the people that could, they uh, they started modifying them to look more like the Rolls Royce. I remember right. the rims, the grill, the tail lights. Right. And it just, it was funny to me because I was like, look, these people are rolling around in this car and I, I know it. I know it because they're modifying it to look even more like a Rolls Royce Phantom. They're rolling around pretending to be somebody they're not. And that's something that I have a problem with. I know a lot of people say, hey, fake it till you make it. I get it and I kind of agree with that saying, but to what point? If you're going to be walking around thinking you're a badass because you got something that looks like a Rolex, but it really is. And then you tend my eyes, right. you look like a fool. It's like, look, if you're going to spend, and I'm, again, I'm looking at the Steinhard Ocean 39 Vintage GMT Premium. It's almost $800. It comes with an right. air movement, and it looks exactly like a Rolex. But the, I'm not going to spend $800 on something that looks like a Rolex. I'd rather spend that money but, on us. But see, that's, a, that, that, that's another problem that I have with some Hamas watches is the price. You know what I mean? Now, I, I me personally, I know people love Steinhardt. Whatever, but there's no way that if they make a homage watch comparable to a Rolex, that it should be eight hundred dollars. I yeah. totally disagree with that. that so, that's probably my only gripe about the whole homage watch thing. So, what would be what, what what would be the price that you're not willing to to pay above what uh, to get an homage watch? Oh man, probably above three hundred dollars. You know, oh, I wouldn't pay. Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's. No, I wouldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for, I give you an example. Uh, one of the examples I got is like the Cartier Tank, right? Mm -hmm. Now this watch is going roughly for about twenty five hundred dollars. Now Seiko has the solar one, affordable, right? You know what I'm saying? The uh, the uh, SUP eight eighty. You know what I mean? That I think is a perfect, you know, trade. You know what I'm saying for the Cartier Tank. You know what I mean? But let me so, ask you something. And, I, and I've, I've seen them, but not up close, and I haven't really compared the two. But mm -hmm. if you look at them side by side, did Seiko copy every single thing of the Cartier? Or did they just do the square case and maybe... They they did the square case with the Roman numerals, okay. but the Roman numerals on the, uh, the, the Seiko are smaller and skinnier okay. versus the Cartier, and it has solar at the bottom. So... You so, know. but that's what I'm talking about. So it it kind of resembles the the Cartier tank, right. but it's not an. I guess what do you define as homage? You know, where, where where do you draw the line where it's a straight up copy and is just borrowing some cues from it? Because if, if we really if we're realistic here, 
every watch borrows something from another watch and it's oh, been yeah. it's been this way for many many years and it all started with the like if we're talking divers a blank pond uh, 50 fathoms i know seiko for the skx borrowed some stylistic cues from that maybe rolex did too so i mean i get it that they're gonna borrow some things from each other but what i'm talking is just a straight up copy where right i mean I'm looking at Parnas right now, you know, and, and if you're looking at their wannabe Daytona, their chronograph, uh-huh. everything looks like a Rolex except for where it says Parnas. But everything else, if I if you just block that Parnas right. and showed it to me, I would be like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a ceramic Daytona. Right. But it's not. So that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I don't have a problem with like Seiko doing that because right. it kind of resembles the tank, but it, it's really not copying the tank. It's doing its own thing. Um, right. You know, so... I, I don't know I just I'm, I'm on the fence about it to be honest with you and like I said I just homage watches for me are, are just a no-go for that same amount of money I would prefer you getting something completely different completely original if you only have a hundred dollars to spend and somebody were to ask me hey what do you recommend I want something that kind of looks like a Rolex uh-huh. I'll probably steer them away from anything that's a homage watch and just go right. with like a Seiko 5 or, or yeah, something absolutely. along those lines. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, totally no, for sure. Good. So, I don't know. And, and then you get into companies like Janal that I don't know, a few months ago they had a huge controversy that they started out as a company doing replica watches. But right. then um, they basically just threw, and, and this is funny, okay. So they started out doing replica watches. So, you know, Rolex. And I guess they figured, you know what, we got a little bit of money in the bank because we sold a few of this. Uh-huh. Let's go legit. So they created Janal. So right. everything pretty much stayed the same on the watch except for the logo. So now they weren't putting a Rolex logo. They were mm-hmm. putting Janal logo. So that's what I was talking about. What what What's the difference between a replica watch and an homage watch? It really, I guess we we already established that it's going to be the manufacturing I agree with right. you because if you're doing replica watches, you got to be under the radar. Uh, but what else? I mean, right? I mean, there has to be some distinct difference. You know what I mean? Um, like I'm looking at the Janot now. That looks really funny, like a, a sub. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like on point. You know what I mean? Like I don't even see the difference. That's the whole point, though. You know what I mean? That's the whole point, and that's what they're going so, for. They're, yeah. they're basically just a straight-up copy of something else. And, and Janot, actually, they make pretty um, good quality watches, and that's what a lot of people were kind of, I guess, upset with. That They were like, Janot actually makes pretty quality watches. They're not right. inexpensive by any, by any means. Like this Ocean Rover that they're selling, mm-hmm. if you look at the price, it's $1,300. So, but the quality is there and that's what a lot of people right. say about this company that that they should focus more on original designs because they got the manufacturing down now of course i think they uh they shot themselves in the in the foot because of what they did but you know right whatever uh so anyways um yeah that's something that i that i wanted to uh uh talk about homage watches and uh and just kind of your take on it, my take on it. Right. And I guess my my takeaway from this whole thing is it's almost like a placebo effect. And I'll, I'll, I'll dive in and kind of tell you what I'm talking about. So the placebo effect, as you know, uh, you go into uh, the medical studies or whatever, and they give people something that's a placebo, right. something that's not real, and they mm-hmm. give other people the real thing. Right. And a lot of times, it's funny, some people that take the placebo uh, say that they feel better or say that they felt this. Yeah, and and right. I, I really think it comes down to right. their mind. The mind is so powerful. So right. with that said, if you're going to be wearing an homage watch and it's going to be your placebo, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you feel more empowered. It's going to help you kill that interview. It's going to help you go into a room and feel like you're the man or you're the woman then go for it i'm not here and p is not here to tell you what to buy what to wear that's not what we're here for we're just giving our opinion so right. at the end of the day buy buy what you love and if that's a homage watch for you then right. then do it go for it if, right. if you love it you know i'm just giving my opinions but yeah that's my, my, my thing is don't fool yourself into believing that 
you you got a Rolex Submariner on you wearing a Victor Pro Diver. <laughs> Don't fool yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's two completely, totally different things. You know what I mean? But, yeah. You know, just just be real with yourself. Like if you like the look of something, then do it. You know what I'm saying? That's my whole point. Yeah. No. It, and yeah. and I and that's the beauty of uh, watch collecting in this watch world is. You number one, you got to be open minded, of course. But right. we could sit here and talk about. And I, and I started the the this podcast with a joke, right? That we cover politics and whatever, religion, orientation, yeah. and religion. And the reason I brought that up is because a lot of people out there, and I see it on the internet, uh, a lot of people out there just take this hobby so serious, and they they start getting angry at each other and calling each other names, and oh, you like. Invicta, you know, you this and that, or or you like Seiko, or you like whatever. Right. I mean, everybody just becomes a fanboy or fangirl of a particular brand, and that's just how it is in, in, in anything else, right? It could be shoes, mm-hmm. it be clothes, it could be cars. I, I get it, you know, but in my opinion, it's like, look, to anybody listening, we, P and I have very different views on homage watches. He likes them, I don't, but at the end of the day, we could sit down and, and, uh, and, and be friends and Oh yeah, just whatever. It just it just really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's your money. It's what you like to invest your stuff or your money in. And look, also for anybody listening, if somebody doesn't own a Swiss watch or somebody doesn't own a luxury watch, that doesn't mean that they're less of a collector than you are. Oh. That just means they're in a, in a different socioeconomic uh, place than you are, and you are fortunate right. to afford a Patek Philippe Auto RPA whatever right we're not hating on you we love them wish we had the money to buy some oh uh, yeah and hopefully one day we will but meanwhile we fill our collection with more affordable pieces that um that speak to us so that's that's why i really wanted to cover this topic not so much because i want to be a snob or a hater or whatever (laughs) i'm not I just want to cover every topic that, that uh, hey, don't choke there, anyway. come on, it's not that funny. <laughs> no, I just really wanted to cover some topics that were controversial, you know, and, and it's just like, right. that's why you and I kind of spoke about uh, Watch Gang and Invicta on our previous episodes, yeah. and a lot of people get, you know, very upset about that, and I just think it's ridiculous, to be honest. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, it, and it's kind of interesting also, like, I listen to big podcasts, like, you know, Houdinki, and of course they don't cover things like that. They cover more expensive watches because to them that's that's their bread and butter, and uh, right. that's that's how their business started. And they put out these crazy limited releases, and uh, like that latest one, I don't know if you saw it, the Mont Blanc. Actually, it's not Mont Blanc, it's Mont Blanc or something. I don't speak Blanc, French. Blanc, whatever. Mont Blanc. I'm Mexican, so I don't know how to pronounce that. But uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so that that kind of covers homage watches. I'm sure we could talk about it a lot more and dive oh, deeper yeah. and look at different models. But I think that pretty much encompasses the whole thing. Uh, so take away, buy them if you like. But if you do, just kind of be mindful. You know, people. Right. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, in other news, I know Seiko's been doing some 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 things, and I'm I guess it's no secret. I'm definitely a Seiko fanboy, and I think I'll always be. I, I just love Seiko so much. Today, yes. so many. Yes, you as well, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I love Seiko. Yeah, hell yeah. It's like for the price, you get so much value. You get uh, so much uh, the history, the the finishing. Right. I know it's not high finishing, misaligned chapter rings. I could live with things like that. I know their movements are not high end. We're not talking Grand Seiko. We're just talking regular Seiko, but. Uh, they did come out with a new collection, but this is going to be limited uh, release to a thousand pieces coming out in December and it's automatic chronographs. There's two mm. of them. Um, so how do you feel about it? P? I know I sent you a, a link and you, did you have a chance to check them out? Yeah, they, they're actually nice. They're actually nice. Uh, well, one was the prospect, I think. Yeah, as a, as a prospect uh, refers to the model a... from 1970, the Panda. Correct. Yeah. That, yes. So let's talk about yep. that one first. That that specific model. So for people that don't know, uh, Seiko actually played a significant part in pioneering the world's first automatic chronograph, and this is half a century ago. Right. Uh, so this was really really cool for Seiko. Again, they 
people just sleep on this brand. I, they talk about it, but they really need to know what this brand has done. I mean, for God's sake, they're the ones that almost killed the Swiss with the quartz movement. I mean, oh yeah, Seiko's powerful. Don't don't fool yourself, guys. Oh I mean, yeah, Seiko Seiko's definitely out and, there. And, you, and people know that. That's why they hate on them sometimes. People know that. They know. That. <laughs> well, what what I'm really happy to see is Grand Seiko. I mean, now uh, nowadays. And, and well, all the collectors know Grand Seiko is a great watch. There's just no denying that. You see right. videos, you see articles. Who Dinky loves Grand Seiko? I mean, uh, a few years back, I know people knew Grand Seiko, but not to the level of where they are now because they're just making such a push to be the next Rolex. Now, it's going right. to take years and years and years and years for that to happen, especially the, the public, just to non-watch people to even know who Grand Seiko is or have them in the same level uh, as Rolex. I, I, it's going to be challenging, but I think Grand Seiko is doing the right thing, the right move. Now, speaking of a little brother, Seiko, um, I think they're trying to get up there as well, and that's why they're coming out with all these new models. They're pricing themselves a lot more expensive. I I'll tell you how I feel, the, feel about that um, the, the pricing and then pricing. I was so just high. about to ask you about that. Yeah, well, let's, yeah. Let's, let's cover these watches. So the prospects. So this guy, it's the one you, they refer to as a panda. Right. So it was a model from 1970. Now, it's not a straight copy of that model, but it's, it's very similar to it. So this is the uh, reference number, SRQ029. But it's coming in at four thousand sixty-six dollars, <laughs> exactly. And it's a Seiko, so it's like mm-hmm. I would expect that kind of pricing from Grand Seiko, but not a Seiko. Now the other one looks very not similar; it's a little different. It does come on a leather strap, and that yeah. is the SRQ zero thirty-one, and that one comes in at three thousand seven hundred and thirty-seven, and that's from a uh, chronograph based on something that got released even even before the 70s it was 1964 uh but again these are only limited to a thousand pieces and they are going to be available in december so they're not even out yet uh and they do feature that uh the movement that came that was introduced in 2014 the h no 8r48 and it does uh, feature you know 45 power 45 hour power reserve has a column wheel and a vertical clutch and, uh, of course, those uh, features people love uh, due to the cause and complexity. And it, it's very smooth when the, um, when the chronograph is going. But uh, in my opinion, I think it's too expensive. They d- did introduce the Saratsu case polishing on this mm-hmm. one, which I know it's kind of more of a Grand Seiko thing. But they did it on this one. Right. Uh, and they're a little bigger. I mean, 40 for the SR- 41. Oh, yeah, for the SRQ029, which is the all stainless steel, is 41 mm-hmm. millimeters. And then for the other one, is 42 millimeters. And, of course, they come with 100-meter water resistance. But I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess the question is, is $4,000 a little bit too steep? It is. It is. Uh, yes, definitely. But I'm going to tell you this. They will sell out. A hundred percent. They will sell out. A hundred percent. A thousand pieces of model, they will definitely sell out. Yeah, you but I mean? well, here's something. So me wearing the, the Seiko Flightmaster, of course, this is just a regular quartz movement. I will love if this watch came in a uh, automatic movement or, uh, you know, manual, automatic, right. whatever. Yeah. I would take it, but not for this amount of money. Um. So my opinion on it is maybe this is just kind of a trophy piece. Maybe this is just commemorating them doing what they did back in the 60s and the 70s yeah. and just saying, hey, this is us kind of, I don't know, introducing this as a, as a for the collectors, you know, because I know there's a lot of collectors out there that right. definitely collect the vintage automatic um, Seikos. And they haven't done, done them in a long time, so maybe this is it. But I would like to see Seiko introduce this on automatic chronograph in their regular lineup. Not for these prices, though. I mean, right. they definitely should stay. Well, well, well the thing is that at, at a thousand pieces, uh, this these watches will double in price. No, these specific they, they ones. They will I, double. They'll no, double these, in price. 
of course, these specific ones are definitely going to double in price. But I would really like to see Seiko um, bring maybe not these specific models, but an automatic mm-hmm. chronograph to the market, you know, mm-hmm. um, at a more right. affordable price and not at a thousand pieces. Um, I would I would say I know they're bringing the Alpinus back and it's going to be priced in the seven, seven hundred dollar right. yeah. range. So I would say if these are worth, let's say, twelve hundred dollars. It's kind of in line where, like, your entry level, like, Oris is. And Oris, you can't get a automatic chronograph for that price. Right. Um, it will be more just like a, a diver, a diver 65 or something. But if Seiko could price themselves around there, I think they'll get a lot of kudos from the community. Because right now, the only watch that you can get, uh, geez, a, a, a chronograph for uh, for that price. Well, what is it, P? Is that that Chinese movement, right? The Seagull, yeah, yeah, the Seagull nineteen sixty five or right. something. Yeah. And that's a really cool watch, by the way. I, I've never had the opportunity to hold one in the metal, but I've seen a lot of videos, and right. it's a really, really interesting movement. I know it's based on that Venus movement. They bought the equipment from the Swiss, and they had to make it for the military. So it's super cool history. Uh, I know a lot of people get the chirp from that particular watch because it says, well, has a Chinese characters and people obviously associate, unfortunately, associate China with low quality. Now, right. you and I know that's not 100% true no. because, yeah, just with any country, you could have some cheap manufacturing that doesn't represent the whole entire country. So oh, that's yes. ridiculous. Oh, but, yeah, uh, but anyways, that's. That's my thoughts on that chronograph. I, I, I love Seiko, and I, I really do like those models. The only gripe I have with it, well, aside from the price, is maybe that date window. It just it feels strange. It's like at the... Uh, Between the four and the five? Yeah, and not only that, yeah. but it's a little circle, and it's kind of hidden in between there. So I don't know how I feel about that. It's right. Like, I think they should have just either A, done a better job or B just kind of took it kept, off, took it off, took it off. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think they could have too. They could have left that out. They could have left that out. Yeah. So for me, uh, that's, that's kind of what I feel yeah. about it. And now I, I would love to check these out in the metal, especially the, the one in the, in the all stainless steel, mm-hmm. because I know Seiko has a lot of issues with their, uh, with their bracelets. Uh, a lot of right. people complain they're kind of cheap and I, I would love to see them in the metal, but Anyways, I know this next thing about Seiko is a little late because these watches actually already sold out. So Seiko <laughs> did a collaboration with Tic Tac. Uh, Tic Tac is this Japanese um, uh, company, and they sell watches. I think they sell other things. It's kind of like a big, big deal over there in Japan. And they came out with two limited edition um, pieces for their 35th year anniversary of Tic Tac. It was uh, SZSB006 and SZSB007. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both 40 millimeters, 100 meter water resistance. They had that 4R35 movement, which is hackable, it's windable. Um, and they're only 480 bucks. So that, yeah. that was super cool. One of them came, the, the 06 came on the steel bracelet. And the other one, the 07, came on this uh, alligator strap. Uh, so did you have a chance to check them out? Yeah, yeah, I checked them out. These are really, really nice, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, whew. I love the matte black finish. Yeah, no, no. Oh, no. I, yeah, if, if I, I had to that. pick one, if I had to pick one, I would go with the uh, with the all stainless steel, the old six. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, so I when like- I first. I, oh. I love the day window. It's three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yo, mm-hmm. this this thing is awesome. Whew. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. another thing I like about it, and I know we just talked about homage watches, but when I first saw it, and I don't know about you, when I first saw that one, it really reminded me of a Rolex Explorer because it has that right. twelve and that six, but it's missing all the other numbers. I know it yeah. doesn't have the nine o'clock, but that's that's the cool thing about it that it wasn't paying homage to the explorer kind of right. borrowed some stylistic cues from it but it wasn't trying to copy it and right. then also you see that uh the cathedral um uh, hand which is very prominent in the alpinist it's very it's a very seiko thing and i i really really like it so uh i just wanted to uh, kind of talk about it because when i first saw it i was like oh man if i had the money yeah. if i had the connection most importantly because 
you cannot get these in the U.S. You, even right. your IP, if you try to buy from the U.S., if your IP was from the U.S., you couldn't buy it. Mm. Um, so yeah, if anybody anybody wants to check them out, definitely just just type in Seiko uh, limited release with Tic Tac and yes, Tic Tac like the like the candy. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this guy's date windows, beautiful. Now it has small crown guards but it's not very uh right very extended so it makes it look more like a vintage watch almost you know a little bit but it that that all stainless steel definitely looks like uh like a field watch and i i yeah, love that it. I, don't, nice. I don't i don't so much like the other one just because of that uh brown dial and actually mm-hmm. if you if you go to uh, youtube there's there's no reviews on him, but there is uh, a, a guy there, and I forget his name, and I'm sorry, but he does have a video out. Was that the video you sent me last I night? Did, I did what send is... you. I yeah, sent I just video. watched it this morning. I just watched it. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. actually, they're uh, retailers. They're in Japan, and they right. sell watches, so you could go to their website, uh, JTM Watches or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then... Uh, so, yeah, they were selling these, but he actually made a video having these in the metal and kind of shooting them. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of bad lighting, and he doesn't really turn them around because I think they have a display case back showing that forearm right. movement. But, uh, but yeah, no, beautiful watches. They, unfortunately, like I said, they, they sold out. Um, I don't know how many uh, pieces they put out. I just know it was kind of like a limited run. And, right. and, yeah, they definitely sold out. I know... Some people didn't. I saw the criticism on the on the uh, Fotina. People don't like it for whatever reason. I think mm. it's pretty cool. I, I, I think if it, it, in the pictures, if mm-hmm. you look at it, it looks very yellow. But when you look at the video, you could tell that it was just done right. It, it's right. not how it is in the images. So I think, uh, yeah, kudos to Seiko. I, yeah. I, I really do like those. Um, then lastly, let's just cover this real quick. I know... Um, a lot of people have covered this, but it's a limited edition Omega Seamaster Diver for the James Bond movie. Oh, my God. For the 50th anniversary of Her Majesty's Secret Service. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. First, let let me say that uh, the James Bond franchise is one of my favorite franchises of uh, movies. Uh, Anyway, yo, this thing is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the dial, mm-hmm. but then I'm looking at the case, and on the side, where is it at? Where is it at? Because I, I I printed this out. Now. Yeah, that little like gold this. plate with the gold plate with the double o seven. Oh yeah. my god, yo, yo, this see, Omega to me sometimes has a problem with the way they do their limited editions and special editions like over time they may repeat them sometimes you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. yeah this is one that i hope that they don't you know what i mean because this this watch is is celebrating the 50th anniversary of a great film oh my god this is the gun what? barrel dial yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the secret number 50 yeah, oh, the fifty the more. Yeah, that's uh-huh. super cool. And then oh. also another another cool little thing. So it has a date window at the at the six o'clock. Yeah. When it gets to the number seven, the the font of the of the number seven is actually the same one as in the movie, the double right. seven. Right. So I thought that was super super cool. Also, um, it, it does have at the at the twelve o'clock is what they call the stylized representation of the coat of arms of the right. Bond family as seen in yeah. the film. So. That's super cool. There's so much going on with this watch, man. So, so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I know a lot of people have issues with Omega because they release limited editions every five minutes. But it's mainly for the Speedmaster line. Right. Um, Not for this one. Uh, So I think think this is a really cool-looking watch. I know they uh, borrowed some things uh, from other limited edition Bond watches. But Mm -hmm. this specific one... It, it, it kind of stands on its own, and I know this limited release was how many seven thousand and seven thousand seven thousand seven. Yeah, seven thousand seven yeah. pieces. Uh, and from what I understand, they already sold out. Um, yeah, and they were they weren't cheap. They were sixty five hundred bucks, so they already sold out. And according to Omega, they have over thirty thousand requests from people to acquire these pieces. So look. 
Mm. Everybody in the watch world is hating on Omega and they're hating on their limited edition. But Omega is going, you know what, watch people, we could care less about what right. you yeah, guys Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Money talks, money talks. We'll see and it, absolutely, 100%. So if, if this many people just watch the Bond film or like yourself, you're a huge Bond aficionado, they don't care about you no. know everything else that they're no. doing. They're just looking at this watch saying, this thing is cool, this thing is beautiful. It, it it plays homage to uh to the film right and to everything that uh that James Bond stands for. Even in the box, if you look at it, it comes with like a little crest of like the 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 film and, and right. it's just it's just a really cool watch in my opinion. If I had the money, I'm not a bond uh snob or a bond uh, aficionado like <laughs> right. yourself. But if I had the money I would pick this one up because it's oh, definitely yeah. gonna become a collectible. Right. And not only that, the watch itself, I mean, you're getting a quality watch. It's not just some crap that they put together. I mean, it's, right. it's a quality diver, you know? And, and, you know. and the movement is great, too. Oh, the coaxial movement. Yeah, 8,800. Absolutely. 55 horsepower reserve, self-winding. Yeah, cost certified. So, in, in my opinion, I think this is a this is a bad boy, and um, like I said, a lot of people may want to hate on it and, and think whatever they want to think. But to be honest with you, it's just it's sold out, and there's thirty thousand people uh, requesting it. And I know that Omega sits right under Rolex as far as revenue. So, right. make fun of Omega all you want. I, I'm a, I'm an Omega lover, and uh, yeah, I, I love know you Omega. are too. Yes. I know you are too, P. And 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 speaking of that, let let me kind of segue into into something that I I think we should make a uh, an episode about in the future, and that's buying either new watches versus pre-owned watches. And uh-huh. since we are talking about Omega, I don't know if you want to share with the listeners about the experience that you recently, and by recently I mean this week, that you uh-huh. had. Uh, so um, I'll leave it up to you yeah, if you want to share. I, I, I can do that. Uh, my wife uh, went into a store, okay, and she sent me a picture of this beautiful Omega Seamaster DeVille from 1965. Okay. And as soon as I saw it and she sent it to me, I said, get it, buy it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to mention price or whatever because price is, it, it don't matter. You know what I mean? But she got the watch for a great price. You know what I mean? And when yeah. I got home, you know what I'm saying? Like, me and Miguel, we were talking like, oh, we were talking about uh, the Q, Timex Q. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we were that. talking about that. And he had mentioned something to me about the Timex Q, and I'm like, well, no, I can't because I just got this. And I sent him the picture. He's like, whoa, okay. You know what I mean? And it, this watch is just stunning. You know what I mean? And, and for it being as old as it is, you know, and I think I wore it for like three days straight. <laughs> it only lost three minutes. Wow, that's amazing. And you know this is I a mean? 34 millimeter, right? This is a smaller right, yeah, guy, 34, of course. 34 millimeter, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. no, I, I love, now people, you got to understand something. So you, you can't um, match quality with uh I, I mean with to be look if you talk pricing and you talk quality it's just things that don't mix and the reason i say that is because sometimes you're able to pick up uh, a good watch a, a luxury watch for a great price and then in peace opinion this is this is the case for him he was able to fortunate enough to pick up this piece at, a, at an amazing price and he got something that's from the 60s it's still running uh we don't even know if it's been serviced but right. it looks amazing, and he has an Omega watch. Guarantee that if that was that said Rolex on the dial, and wherever he bought it from, people just because they said this said Rolex on the dial, they would have marked that thing up like oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But because it said Omega, a lot of people still sleeping on Omega. They don't even know what Omega is. Which they is don't know, man. Insane. They don't know, it's man. insane, man. They don't know, and they should know. You know what I mean? So, oh, and yeah. then the, like, like when I'm learn, like last that yesterday, I was actually in. I went up to the same store. <laughs> and, did you uh, find anything? <laughs> nah, I didn't. What did I find? I didn't find. I found a Seiko, but we'll get into that later. But uh, some of the guys, you know, all the little watch guys in there be talking and like, you know, oh. what I'm saying? yeah. So I had people coming up to me like, "Yeah, your wife got you the Omega, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where is it? At? I want to." 
Like, no, you can't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not bringing... I wore it for three days. You know what I'm saying? And I'm putting it up now, okay? You know what I mean? Maybe I'll bring it out next week sometime and come up here and let you know. Oh, I, look at this guy. You're teasing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely... And, and, and I'm realizing that watches like that built from those times and those years were built to last. Yeah. No, you know absolutely. And they were built to freaking last. You know, yeah, I no. got like three different straps for it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, so yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, those watches were definitely built to last and they're beautiful. I know, of course, getting a vintage watch is uh right. you know, you gotta get it serviced, you gotta get it watertight. Um, if you're looking to wear it on a daily basis and right. paranoid like myself. But if you're like P, he wore it for three days, he didn't care. <laughs> and no, the, no, the, I what? care. I just wanted to see I wanted to test it just to see how long. Like it was for lose time, gain time, you know what got I mean? It, got it. So I would actually know, like, okay, well, who I know whoever had the watch before me actually took care of it. Oh, that's awesome. Considering only lost three minutes. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. It's just like getting a, a pre owned car. You know, you, you like to think that the previous owner took care of it because, right. you know, you're, you're investing money and stuff. So, mm hmm. But uh, but yeah, man. Well, that we talked about a lot of things, and before we go, I do want to give a, a few shout outs to some other podcasts. First and foremost, I know the girls, Catlin uh, and Cat at Ten and Two. If you haven't checked them out, Ten and Two again, T E N N, then the the symbol N, and then the the word two, T W O. Uh, awesome podcasts. They're from Tennessee. There are girls. You don't obviously you don't hear a lot of people. Not a lot of girls in the watch in the watch space. So to hear them is very refreshing. I like listening to their female perspective on a lot of things because all we keep hearing is male perspectives, left and right on YouTube. I mean, just everywhere. So to have them in this space is very refreshing. And they they answered one of my questions in their latest uh, episode, and they, they gave me a shout out. So um, so yeah, you, you girls rock. Keep doing what you're doing. Also, 40 and 20, Everett and Andrew, awesome podcast. And then lastly, of course, the the knuckleheads over at uh, Scottish Watches, the Ricks. Awesome guys. Uh, love their, their, their channel. If anybody listening gets a chance to listen to these three podcasts, I recommend them. Super fun and very uh, consecutive. They actually do stick to their schedule and, and put out a lot of content. So, so yeah, that's a little quick shout out. Now, P, you want to tell the good people where they could find you? Uh yeah, you can find me on YouTube uh at Ross Wristwatch Love. Instagram, Ross Wristwatch Love. And I actually just started a uh Facebook page, Ross Wristwatch Love. Ain't nothing on it right now, but y'all can go <laughs> like it, you know, when I get time to do that, I will. So just come check me out. And thank you, Miguel, for having me again. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, no, absolutely. And people, you can find me uh on Instagram and on YouTube. Just basically type in SoCal watch reviews and yeah we just we just do this because we love it and we want to connect with people so if you like what you're what you're hearing just go support my my brother p support me and of course the more followers we get the the more content we could put out uh because again of course this is a hobby for both of us and uh but yeah we love it absolutely and uh all right p well thank you so much for joining me and to everybody listening out there thank you so much and remember stay humble Peace.